Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And good Saturday morning to you and yours. Welcome into the Tiger Tailgating Show. Semper Fidelis as well. <laughs> Herb Tyler, Christian Garrett getting you set for LSU and Auburn. Number two, LSU and number nine, Auburn. This would mark the third top ten matchup for the LSU Tigers. Second ranked in the country. And earlier in the week, Herb, I wrote and uh, opined that I think LSU should be ranked ahead I agree. of Alabama. I agree. You said what? This would be the third top ten ranked game that we would be playing this year? Mm-hmm. And we already went through two, and we won handedly or decidedly, in my opinion. Um, I think you're absolutely correct. We should be ranked number one. You can join the conversation at 504-260-1870, text 870-870. This is an Auburn team that is coming in here as a stout defense, or probably the best defense is- the LSU Tigers have faced this year, and I wrote about it as well. Yep. Ultimately, I think on offense, they just have to stay patient with the running game. Not necessarily, you know, even if they're only having two yards, two yards, two yards, just stay with it. Eventually, those will pop. Yeah, yeah. Well, the thing about you talking about LSU, correct? LSU's offense so, against this Auburn front. Yeah, because that Auburn front is. It, it reminds me of the Clemson front last year, which I thought was one of the best that I've seen yet. And um, these guys are stout. They're big. They're fast. They're 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 athletic. And they're relentless in their, their pursuit of the football. And you're right. If we just stick with it, um, you know, what you said is, is absolutely true. When it, when it goes to the run game, when it comes to the run game, two yards here, three yards there, two yards here, here goes 15. Mm-hmm. Two yards here, three yards, there's 18. Here comes two, three, and then there's 40 or whatever. And, and the thing is, you just never know who that's going to be. Because at, at whatever point in time you can catch them slanting one way, and then you're 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 you know you're running the ball in a different manner in a different direction, and you crease them, and once you crease them, the guys we have they can get upfield really quick. And this defense is especially st- uh, tough against the deep ball, and this is where LSU's mm-hmm. offense has made a lot of money. Is uh, Joe Burrow leads the SEC and is near the top of the country in passes completed that are more than ten yards, yep. ten yards or more, and twenty yards or more. They've been tough there defending that. So this is going to be a game where I think the run, it's always important, and it sounds like coach speak, uh, her, but establishing the run for LSU and then stopping the run will be the key to the victory today for LSU. If they can stop the run, because Gus Malzahn and Auburn, they come off the bus looking to, looking to run. They, so Yeah. The, the one thing they want to do is run the football, and then they're going to do a misdirections to try to fool you and confuse you. Um, you never know who has the ball. But, at the, you know, at that point, the thing is, we have to tackle well on defense. We have to be in position. We have to make sure that we're playing strong football um, in LSU Tiger football. On offense, like you said, if we, we just all we got to do is not get away from it. So a stat that I read a, a week ago was that, you know, we were like 183 passes to 183 rushes. We have to continue to have that balance. balance. Now, how do you do that? It may be. 40 passes in, you know, 25 passes in the, the first half and then 25 runs in the second half or vice versa. Whichever way you get to that point, you have to do it. But I, I believe, look, I believe those 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 um, um, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, um, I think 
Ty Davis Price and, and I think John Emery are going to make a difference. But the big difference is going to come with the offensive line. I think these guys are at a point where they feel really, really comfortable. They're really confident in what they're doing. Um, they know that uh, Coach Ensming and Joe Brady are going to put them in good situations, and Joe Burrow is not going to put them in a bad situation as well. Who does Clyde Edwards-Alaire remind you of? When I talk about it and I thought about it, he reminds me a lot of Dalton here. Okay. It's what I see. I see a, a, a little a smaller guy in height-wise. Shifty. Shifty, who's got really big legs, who's has great balance, um, and he's strong as all outdoors, man. And Dalton was the same way, you know. And they're not terribly fast. Um, but they can, they can get the yardage that's needed. They can break a big one. Um, they may not be able to take it to the house, but they'll get 65. I'm good with that, right? Yeah. Um, but but the, but the guy can move left and right with the best of them. He can get in the mix and and push the crowd, and and gain an extra three or four yards, um, just by being as strong and low compact to the ground as he is. He reminds me of Darren Sproles, just I, in his shiftiness. I, I think he, in my in my opinion, I think he's he's small or shorter as. Darren Sproles is, but they have different type body types, in my opinion. Ah, see, I, I, I disagree. I think they're built similarly. Uh, I, I just do, but in my, it's in, in the eye of the beholder, man. Well, you know, it is what it is. But, I mean, I like Darren Sproles. Darren Sproles, to me, is 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 more of a utility back versus a, a, a true running back, in my opinion. And I think Clyde Edwards Hilaire is a true running back. I think you can, you can draft him or, or pick him up in free agency, and you can actually have him play, you know, from down one all the way to down three. And I think I know you can do that with Darren Sproles, but you're not. You're gonna you can flex Darren Sproles out. You're not really gonna flex uh, Clyde out, and then really truly ask him to run receiver routes. I think he could sense. if he needed to, though. I think he could. He might be able to. He might be able to. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgate Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on WWL. Receivers left, two to the right side. Now they'll motion Hill back into the backfield at the snap. Schrader going forward got hit in the backfield and dropped at the 45. Jacoby Stevens got a hat on him early. Had some teammates help out. And a turnover on downs gives it back to LSU. Live from LSU's campus in front of the Athletic Administration building steps away from Tiger Stadium, Death Valley. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show in the uh, Bloody Marys are flowing, <laughs> albeit virgin Bloody Marys, courtesy of Casey Wainwright, along with some chicken, spicy chicken waffles, chicken and waffles. Got to have a little bit of uh, Courtesy of Casey breakfast. Wainwright. Yeah. Yep, I like it. Phone lines, phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. LSU uh, favored by Auburn last I saw right around 9, 9.5, 10. Uh, and LSU is, uh, has covered quite a bit this season. They, they've made some people some money and, and lost some people some money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I was, I'll shift gears real quick, Herb. How about this? Over the last four years, the Saints are 16-0 and in the month of October. <laughs> against the spread or straight up? I can see that. I can see that. So, word to the wise, don't bet against the Saints either no, way. No, you're right. Not in October anyway. Right. LSU, though, in Auburn, number two LSU, number nine Auburn. And um, Bo Nix, a, a true freshman quarterback, his dad played at uh, Auburn as well. And he's coming in here to an environment, Herb, that I don't think he's quite seen before. Um, how do you think that's going to impact his play? Well, I mean, I, I think there was a, a, a soundbite or, or something that he said earlier in the week. That he's, you know, he's played at Florida. He played in the the Oregon game in the first game of the season, and that this atmosphere won't be any different. Yes, and, it will. and you know, you can ask his dad. Yes, is <laughs> what he needs to do. And um, you know, this this game is this stadium is different, and we've talked about this in the past. Um, 
you know, if this was a night game, he would be in humongous trouble, right? Since it's a, a 2.30 game, he's just going to be in trouble. Let me say it like that. Now, with that being said, if the fans take it personal from what he said earlier in the week, I think it's going to be really tough for him. But not only just because of the atmosphere, but because of the guys that's on the field. These guys play for this stadium. They protect this house. And uh, they're going to play at a level, I think, that that, that, that they're going to be surprised, meaning they're being Auburn is going to be surprised at how well these guys are going to play today because all week long they've been hearing about are they going to have a letdown? Are they going to be, um, um, you know, defeated in their own home looking ahead for Alabama two weeks from now and all this stuff? And they have two weeks until Alabama comes. They have, what, four hours now until uh, Auburn shows up in Tiger Stadium. And this is the only thing they worry about. The one thing that I told you during the season, and I've been saying this and screaming this as loud as I can, is I don't think Coach O is going to allow these guys to look any further than the game that's in front of them. And that's what we've seen. That's why they've been covering every game. That's why these guys have been playing lights out. That's why these guys have been protecting their home the way they have been and then going away and then you know uh, winning games at opponents' uh, stadiums. I think that this, um, this Tiger team is different in a lot of ways we've talked about. Yep. But I think their focus is on a different level. I, I really do. I think that when you're winning like this – it's, it feels so good, and yet you feel like, you know what, we still have a lot more to accomplish. They know right. they know what's ahead of them. They also know what they what they potentially could still accomplish, and that is a playoff berth, possibly a top one or two national ranking in the playoffs if they yep. beat Alabama. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, of course, Auburn comes first, and it's an Auburn team that I think Herb hangs with LSU for a half, and then in the third and fourth quarter, pull I think away. They, yeah, they start yeah. to pull away. No, I I'm not saying they blow them out by 20. I'm just saying they, they, they pull away convincingly. No, I agree. I mean, I think that's what it is. I mean, you have uh, two. Auburn is just as good talented as we are. I'm not going to say that they're not. They have a really good coach also. So I think that they're going to be really good in the first half. Jay um, I see him. I see him. And then in the, rain, in, in the first half. Now, how do we, what do we do in order to uh, move forward after the halftime show, right? Um, I think at the end of the day, We've seen what we've done at halftime. We go back to the Florida game. We come back, We, you know, we, I think we were tied 28-28 going in the half. We come back out of that, and the defense gets a stop, and then another stop, and then another stop, and then we keep scoring. Yeah. And I think that's what we, was going to happen. Again, um, you know, as long as we can tackle well, like I say, be in positions and make these plays that we need to make. Now, look, Coach O said something this week that I thought was 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 one of the best things I've ever heard from a head coach in a long time here at LSU. He said that he knows his heartbeat of his team. He knows what they're doing, what they're thinking, how they feel. So he has a handle on this. This What that tells me is he's paying attention to – he's not worrying about his job. He's not worrying about how much money he's making. He's not worrying about what the outside media is saying. He's not worrying about anything. What he's worrying about is the people in the building, and that's the most important thing that you can do is focus on that so that you can be successful. And he's uh, also listening to his team Bo captains. Wolf in the house. Bo Wolf? <laughs> yes, yes. That's my man, Bo. Okay. <laughs> um, he's, he's also listening to his team captains, and his team captains are – you know, I think that really any good teams, players eventually take ownership of the locker room and of the – there's a, you know, there's a, there's a policing yep. of it yep. within. You, knew, you know all about that. Mm-hmm. I think that, that the good teams show that and do that. Well, you know, we, we talked about this coming into the season. The one thing that we didn't see is all of these different guys getting suspended for for, for things that were, you know, all detrimental the to the team, right? We saw one, maybe two, that were really early on in the summer. But as it got closer and closer, you didn't get any surprises. So you knew what was going on. 
the leadership of the seniors, the leadership of the juniors, the younger guys who are taking control of, of, of the younger guys and helping those guys see what it's like to, to be a true leader in the, in the move forward. And then not only that, but on top of that is you got the coaching staff that's on top of it, and they understand what's going on, and they're involved in the kids' lives. Herb, are you at all surprised how well this offensive line has played this year? No, and the reason why is because we talked about it not this year, but last year, in the beginning of the season, going into that Miami game, we were like, man, what are we going to do on the offensive line? We don't know. And then we come out, and they, you know, they come out, and they, and they play a great game. And then that season, they got better and better and better and better and better. And then in the off season, I thought, hey, look, there's not really a true shakeup in the offensive line. You get a lot of people back, plus you're adding some new additions. Um, some guys that were injured came back. And so I figured they would come together and be as good as they are now. They can still get better, you know what I mean? Um, and, and that's what you do. You strive to get better every practice, every day, every game. And these guys have been playing lights out, and we've been fortunate that we haven't had any injuries. We've got Ed Ingram back. And so, you know, it, it's, I think that it's going to be or it has been a beautiful maturation of the offensive line going forward. We're going to have Jimmy Smith at TigerDetails.com a little later on, but one thing, Herb, that hasn't been talked about, I think, enough is Obviously, the wins are nice, but when you're bringing recruits on campus for, for oh, yeah. official yeah. visits and yeah. you're beating teams like Florida and yeah. beating them in the fashion in yeah. which you are, it does a lot for recruiting. They just flipped a tight end, yep. defensive end uh, out of Georgia, to, got him to commit the other day mm-hmm. from, from the state of Georgia. And now it looks like while LSU was winning the state, the good, when, LSU, when Nick Saban was here, when LSU was putting together amazing uh, recruiting classes, he was getting commitments from all over the country. Yep. And California, mm-hmm. Texas, Georgia, Florida. Coach O is starting to get that as well. That'll go a long way in building, I think, what could be a potential eight to ten year window here where LSU is loaded. So when my son was being recruited by Stanford in twenty fifteen, right? Um, the coach Shaw would say they have to recruit from coast to coast. Um, from north to south, which means everywhere. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, we're coming to find you. The thing that I've, that's really impressed me was that Coach O said the exact same thing about two years ago. He said, we need to and we will recruit everywhere. It doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter where you're located. It doesn't matter what, whatever. And the thing that he's – everything that he's said, he's done, which has really impressed me. And to have um, – um, I think that 2020 class has – Five five stars in it so yeah, far. That right now, they're the number one uh, class in the country. That's only going to continue if you continue to to play the type of game that you're playing. That the only reason why we have this happening right now is because the offense is not the same. That's right. And that's the, and this is what we've been screaming about for years. We've been what number three, number four, number five ranked recruiting classes in the country over the past ten years, averaging probably number four or number five, and that's because. If if Coach Miles would have just did one simple thing, changed the offense He'd to what we here. see, he's not only would he still be here, but those recruiting classes would be one rank one two every year, which is what we're going to see. And the other thing about it is, these guys see that they're having fun, man. Mm-hmm. It's not this not one of these uptight programs that that you know you come in and this is work 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 and it's all business. But no, for one, these are seventeen, eighteen, nineteen, twenty year old kids. They want to have a they want to play major college football, but they also want to have fun doing it. They want to be in a great stadium, a great environment with great facilities and also great uniforms with great smelling grass. Okay? Now you're starting to sound like Les Miles. Yeah, man. Let's go, man. Let's do it. You know, another part of it is if you're a quarterback, you know, four or five years ago, you weren't coming here. No. If you're mm-hmm. a quarterback, though, that likes it, that, that, that 
can sling it a little bit and has some potential to potentially play in the in the pros. Mm-hmm. You're looking at this LSU scheme and Joe Brady and going, hmm. I wonder if I wonder if that's the the best path. Mm. That might be the best path for me to get to the the NFL level. And look what he's done with Joe Burrow. And I know Joe Burrow had some skills before yeah. Joe Brady, but he's he's just accelerated those he, skills. He upped the ante on his skills, and he made him develop. It from last year to now. So what we saw in Joe Burrow last year was we saw a lot of confidence. We saw a lot of a guy that would take a hit for anything. Uh, we saw a guy that, that was that was a true leader of, of, of men, if you will. Now what we see from Joe is the maturation of his ability to play the quarterback position. He drops back, he gets the ball out in less than three seconds, um, probably less than 2.7 seconds, and he gets the ball to the right person. He sees exactly what it is. His numbers are crazy. He's almost at 70% completion for the year. Uh, and, I mean, and that's just amazing, man. And it's just, you know, he very rarely turns the ball over, if at all. And, um, and, and, and the other thing about Joe is they know that Joe is, is, is their guy, you know. When you have a guy that you really feel really great about, that that's your guy, you have no worries about, he's going to show up every game. He's going to be there no matter what. That, that's what it is. So when you look at the recruiting aspect of it, the one thing that the one thing that really truly, um, it, it, I'm not gonna say it, it bothered me, but it or worried me or anything like that is when I saw that the past three quarterbacks that we actually had were transfers. Uh-huh. So it worried me, not worried, but it, it kind of concerned me a little bit that if I'm a high school guy coming out of co- uh, high school, why do I want to go to LSU if they're playing all these transfer guys, right? But as you see now moving forward, we've got we've got um, we don't have any transfer guys coming in right now. Right now we've got. One, two, three, got three quarterbacks that are committed to LSU that are four- and five-star quarterbacks. That's going to be really good at some point. Not to mention Miles Brennan behind Joe Burrow. Not I to mention Miles be. Brennan behind Joe Burrow right now. So I think that I think that what, what, what Joe Brady has done, what Coach Ainsminger has done, ultimately what Coach O has done is put the, the, the faith back into any recruit to say that if you come to LSU, you're going to not only uh, be in the best place, but you're going to play well and you're going to play for a championship. College football analyst Mike Dettelier next here on the Gulf Coast. Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrett getting you set for LSU in Auburn today at 2.30 in Death Valley. Right here on WWL. A 20-yard attempt just inside the far side hash, kicking right to left. 7.56 to go in the first quarter. Placement is down. The kick on the way. Plenty of lag. The kick is good, and the Tigers are on the board. First down play, Burrow in the pocket. Slings towards the far side, catching it. Racy McMath has it down the far sideline. 10, 5, touchdown, Tigers! 60-yard touchdown pass. Joe Burrow and the offense get uncorked. The junior, Racy McMath, racing down the far sideline. And the Tigers make it 15-7, to their first touchdown of the day. Back here on the... Gulf Coast Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgating Show. We welcome in now college football analyst Mike Dettelier. Mike's insights into today's game is brought to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safe in the game. And Mike, uh, Herb and I were talking about this Auburn front, this Auburn defense. LSU's averaging 50 points a game. I don't see them hanging 50 today on this Auburn defense. No, it's the best front line they'll play uh, all season long. It's different from Florida where Florida was more of a speed-quickness defense. And I'm not saying Auburn doesn't have speed and quickness up front, but they are much bigger front. And they got a stud in Derrick Brown. Mm -hmm. Um, On my board today, he would be the eighth best player for the 2020 draft. He's the best interior player. 
he reminds me a lot of Richard Seymour. Um, you know, when Richard was at Georgia, and then he went on to have a great career with the Patriots. And Derek is similar to Richard in that he could play end in a 4-3, end in a 3-4, a 4-3 defensive tackle, or you could play him over the nose. I mean, he's versatile. He's a big man who's over 6'3", 315 pounds. But he runs like a safety. I mean, you just watch him. He's like a big dancing bear out on that field on how quick he is and how he can get leverage on a player. And he opens up everything for their smaller linebackers. And uh, it's sort of an Auburn tradition. They're not normally a big linebacker team. They've always recruited these guys that are like 5'11", 6'1". But, man, they can run vertical. They can run east and west real well. And Derek does a really good job. <clears throat> and he's... So you're going to th- see today three top ten players in the 2020 draft. Joe Burrow, Grant Delpit at LSU, Derek Brown at Auburn. And Davidson's a really good player, too. He's just a junior. But uh, he's a good leverage player. I like his ability to come off the snap. He's learned how to use his arms and hands real well to get off a blocker. So that's a key today. LSU has got to be able to block Brown and Davidson from causing havoc up front. Because if you can give Joe time, uh, I've seen that Auburn secondary play. uh, They're going to get torched if you give Burrow time to throw the football. Mike, I was going to ask you, you kind of already answered it, but where specifically do you think Joe Burrow ends up getting drafted? Is it? Early in, early in round one or later in round one? Oh, it's real early in round one. Quarterbacks are a premium. And right now, you know, he's in that, that top three with Tungavaloa, with Herbert, and it's yep. Joe, those three. And we'll see how it all kind of ends up in the mix. But those three guys are going to be all top ten picks. And, and if I, again, okay. everybody – there's no great area in the NFL <clears> – <throat> Either you have one or you don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is no, well, we're not sure. No, <laughs> either you got a quarterback or you don't. It, right. that, it's pretty clear cut, and I think Burrow is certainly going to be a top ten pick. I think Delpit will be a top ten pick, and I think Derek Brown will be a top ten pick. NFL and college football analyst Mike Dettelier here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show. Do you think LSU should be ranked higher? Than Alabama, do you think they're better than Alabama as it stands right now, Mike? Well, you know, listen, it is where it is today. Uh, and if you win today, <laughs> then you've got a real strong case. Because yep. you Three can top say, 10 look, wins. Who we, look who we beat. Look who we beat. And uh, listen, I've, I've done a lot of shows out in Alabama, and they, their deal is, you know, strength of competition and everything else. Uh, you you can make that strong argument that if LSU wins today, that that it could be the one-two flipped, so to speak. And, and we'll see, because this Alabama defensive team is not the same as what we've seen it in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that attrition early to the NFL has sort of caught up to that a little bit, and then they've had injuries uh, up front. And, and Raekwon has not been the dominant player up front. I think they thought he could be coming back for his senior season. Last year, Quentin Williams was a man. I mean, mm-hmm. I remember talking to Ogeron uh, middle of the week before they played Alabama, and I said, uh, you know, what, what are you going to do about Quentin Williams? And he said, Mike, trying to block him is like trying to catch a wet bar of soap. 
said, you might get your hands on it, but you, you never really get a good shot at it. And yep. he said, man, I, you know, we're going to try to double-team him, try to chip him. Well, he took over the game. He blew up everything inside, and then everybody else just almost like he had paved the way for everybody. They don't have that type player uh, this year. And then losing Moses at the linebacker position really yeah. hurt them. So defensively, yeah. they're not the same team. But I'll be honest, what's the biggest disappointment on LSU? Defense. It's been on defense. Yep. Now, yep. you're getting healthy, and that helps <clears throat> because I do think the key for them is Rashad Lawrence. When he's in the lineup, you watch teams how they try to they, – they can't block him one-on-one. So they're always sort of a double team, a chip, whatever – he plays the run real well, but I think he's underrated for his ability to push that inside pocket and sort of collapse everything inside. That's going to be a key today because and all the good Auburn teams under Gus Malzone, they've done one thing really well, run the football. And they mm-hmm. run it between the tackles. Uh, Gus is known for that pitch and catch game, his offensive passing concepts. But he sets that up with the running game. And his best teams have been when they're able to run the football. If Whitlow's a no-go today, uh, that's a big loss for them because he was averaging 18 touches a game as a runner and Cam Martin five or six. So that's a big chunk taken out of the offense. And if, you, if I can stop the run, then I can do a lot to throw off the young freshman quarterback and I watched the Florida game again this week, and he had a wet-the-pants moment uh, against Florida <laughs> because, man, Grantham was hitting him with shots from the left, from the right, and then all of a sudden he'd shoot guys up the middle. Well, Nick's, I mean, he's never seen anything like that, right. you know, at, at any level of football. <laughs> and so he was in reverse. And her, when, when you're in that position – yeah. He had open receivers, but he couldn't mm-hmm. get the ball to him. He can't do he, it. He just couldn't because he's running for his life, so to speak, with those guys in the chase position after him. Mike, you kind of answered my question that I had uh, for you, but I'm going to ask you something else. Um, what, you know, going in this particular game, um, is LSU's passing game or the run game going to be the most effective way to beat Auburn? Which one would it be? I think it's the passing game and it's pass protection because I think Auburn's stout against the run uh, with their front seven. Mm -hmm. Where I see the holes are when you're given a quarterback an opportunity to throw the football and they don't play press coverage. Watch how they play their receivers. Man, they in a a backpedal position before Mm -hmm. the ball snaps. You do that against these receivers, man, you're going to get eaten alive. Mm-hmm. Uh, because if you can give Joe that little window to throw the football, he is going to just torch you. And I saw it especially against Florida, which surprised me a little bit. They were going up against Trask, and I thought he had a great game against LSU. His game was, was pretty good against Auburn. But why are you doing that to him for him? Wouldn't you want to kind of disrupt the receiver's route a little bit? Mm-hmm. reason they do it is because they can't play that press coverage well. They're going to get beat. And so they they in the off position. They play a lot of bracket coverage. 
zone coverage. All I'm telling you is if they don't get a pass rush on Joe, he, he's going to pick them apart. Uh, the cornerbacks play way too off the line of scrimmage, and it, it gives you avenues to throw the football. And I think LSU will try to run the football like no matter what. I do know how Ed grew up. You know, he, he wants to play power football a little bit with you. And then, you know, Joe sort of takes over throwing the ball. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much success they're going to have running the football against Auburn's front seven. And these games have been brutal up front. If you watched over the last, you know, 10, 12 years, man, it's been a war up front, uh, offensive, defensive lines for both teams. And it's come down to a last play, a last drive, a last stop. But I, I get a different feel about this game only because I don't know that Auburn secondary can cover the talent and the multitude of receivers LSU has. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure they can get pressure on a consistent basis against LSU. I think the most underrated area heard for LSU, and we've talked about their pitching-catch game. Joe has done great. Receivers are terrific. You've got Moss more involved. Uh, their secondary has played pretty well for the most part. They haven't gotten a pass rush. Their offensive line's really played well this year. And, you know, coming into the season, yeah. wasn't that the big question mark? Yeah, they How didn't well have any true tackles. Line would play? They yep. didn't have any true tackles on this, on this offensive line. So, yeah, I agree, Mike. I think that, that's been the part. And, and Ed told me in the summer, he said, Mike, the most improved area we've seen in the spring has been Sadiq's played well. Um, he said, listen, I think Austin's coming around really well. But he said, you know, we, I don't know anything about what's going to happen with Ingram if we can get him back before the fall, and they didn't before the fall camp. But he said, man, with Lloyd in the middle, with the two guards we got, we feel real good about that interior. The question mark was on the edges at the tackle position. And, and they've given Joe enough time. All I know is Florida came all out. They came in here with 26 sacks. They left with 26 sacks. Right. <laughs> That's a great stat right there, Mike. College I like that. College football and NFL analyst Mike Dettelier. His insights on today's matchup between LSU and Auburn brought to you by Thibodeau Regional Medical Center, keeping you safe in the game. Mike, I'll talk to you tomorrow, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Y'all take care. We'll All right. Gulf Coast Thanks. Bank and Trust, Tiger Tailgating Show here on WWL. Schrader comes out, throwing again. Jacoby Stevens goes up, grabs down the interception with one hand. Stevens with the football at about the 39, or rather the 41, and eventually brought down. So Cade York has to come on once again, trying to add to a 3-0 lead. York's kick on its way, and the kick is good. Make it 6-0 LSU. Hello. We're getting ready. We're getting, we got like. Oh, you're on air? Oh, yeah, we're on right now. <laughs> Welcome back. Go Tigers! Go Tigers! Woo! Go Tigers, baby. Miles, Miles Brennan's parents. Like it. Nice, nice. Out here. Yes. Owen. Yes. Yes. The guy, the guy that's uh, the, the predecessor. Uh, not the predecessor. Got, the, the guy the that's going to keep this thing going once, the ju- once Joe Burrow. Yes. 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 Exits LSU. Yes. Yes. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger Tailgating Show getting you set for LSU and Auburn today at 2.30. We've talked about uh, the running game and stopping a run, et cetera. It was interesting that Mike brought out that he thinks the passing game is going to be what ultimately undoes uh, – un- yeah, goes by and large, plays a big role. 
I'll learn how to talk eventually uh, as to why LSU will win. So uh, I think what we talked about was that we still have to turn out the running game in order to keep it balanced. And what Mike is saying is he thinks that the passing game will create big plays to score points is what I I got from it because of the way that they're going to play defense on the Auburn side of the field. They're going to they're going to turn and run like you said they're going to play bracket they're going to play off they're not going to play or they can't play a, a tight man to man scheme to try to disrupt play, uh, passes and things of that nature they're getting the balls knocked down but we still believe that in order to slow down that pass rush you've got to be able to run the ball a couple of times so and, and establish some sort of a running game because that's the whole reason why you're running the ball so that they don't just the defense doesn't just pin their ears, ears back and just attack the quarterback Coming up next hour, Amos Morale, the third set, LSU coach Ed Ogeron. You'll hear that interview along with Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com. You can weigh in at 504-260-1870. You can also text us at 870-870 at Christian Garrick on Twitter if you so choose. Also, Herb, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, it's Herb Tyler 4. Herb Tyler 4. Yep. Very well. Hit up, hit up Herb on Twitter. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. The Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show live from LSU's campus just steps away from Tiger Stadium in front of the Athletic Administration Building here on WWL. Another top 10 showdown in Death Valley. Welcome into Hour 2 of the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. To the phones we go. Doc, Uptown, what's going on? Doc, you're on WWL. Yes, sir. I just wanted to relive a moment from the uh, LSU-Florida game with you. And this is what I think is the crucial play of the game, uh, or a crucial play of the game. It was Florida was up a touchdown. They were driving, and they were around the 30-yard line, and LSU intercepted in the end zone and killed that drive. I think if Florida had gone up and – Two touchdowns, which they should have been able to. LSU might have been in trouble. It might have been. And look, here's the other thing, Doc and, and Herb, that I, I want you guys to uh, weigh in on. I think that this disappointment in the defense, I get it. But if you look at situationally and the situational defense that they play, being good on third down, being good in the red zone, forcing turnovers, I think that's that's more important than overall being just that dominant defense are you know that that suffocating defense they've been in the past because now they have an offense that complements their defense they have and i think that subconsciously defenses the the defense can go all right we're going to take more chances because we know our offense can bail us out well i think the thing about it is i don't for me it's not so much a disappointment of the defense i think it's just that we're it's it's we're used to you know we're used to them playing at such a high level constantly all the time that we're just not used to they're making mistakes, okay? So with that being said, you're absolutely correct. They've come up big when they needed to come up big, such as what Doc said. Um, that If Florida scores a touchdown there, they're up two touchdowns, and then the game could be a different game. It's a whole different demographic of a game. But the defense did make that turnover, which then caused us to come back and score and tie the game up. So at that point, that's what we were talking about earlier, where it, you know, in, in, in the beginning and the first half of these games, we've seen where – you know, we've been going back and forth, back and forth, but then the defense comes out really big in the second half at some point and starts to make plays throughout to where we can pull away in these big games. Doc, you get what I'm saying there? Situationally, I, the defense I do, and I'm glad is, we're on the solid. same page. I, I think the, 
the defense needs to take a few more chances uh, because they can rely on the offense. Yeah, I mean, again, we're as Herb pointed out, we're so used to that defense being absolutely dominant and being able to lock down opponents to 16, 17 points because they knew they had to well, because all, LSU's <clears throat> offense wasn't going to score a whole lot. The other thing about the defense is this is the one thing i got. I got to make sure we remember. When we are making mistakes on defense, it's a physical mistake. It's being in a certain area, right? It's, it's not making a tackle when a guy is running the barreling down. And so he gains an extra 15 yards or breaks a tackle and scores a touchdown. So – the thing about that is that you know it can that can be fixed that can be worked on you can rectify that situation so that's what my outlook of on it is and why I'm so um, I'm not as I'm not disappointed with them I just you know I don't I just think that they can be a little bit better consistently and I think that they will get better and I think they are and they have gotten better and they've proven that and and let's say if you think about it go back to the second half of the Florida game where they pretty much shut Florida out. And then the, the Mississippi State game where they did everything they could do to stop them from scoring any points. So, I mean, they did, they, the, the last six quarters of football for the defense has been really great, in my opinion. Doc, thanks for the phone call. We'll come back. You'll hear Amos Morale, the third's interview with LSU coach Ed Ogeron here on WWL. First down, goal to go once again for LSU at the Bulldog eight-yard line. Burrow throws. Jamar Chase goes up, pulls it in. Drops down in the end zone. Touchdown, Tigers. Back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show on the campus of LSU. Getting ready for number two, LSU, and number nine, Auburn in Death Valley. Yes, sir. LSU coach Ed Ogeron sat down with our Amos Morale III ahead of the matchup. Take a listen. Obviously, coming back after a big win, what was the ride back uh, after getting that win and playing in that loud environment? I'm glad we won. Obviously, I think our team was a little disappointed that we didn't play our best. But you know what? They were hungry. They were hungry to put that game away, uh, figure out what we did right, what we did wrong with today's Tell Truth Monday, and then press on Auburn. And, you know, we talked about this before, but obviously the team's ability to just make in-game adjustments and, you know, take what the coaching, coaches are telling them and, you know, seeing what's going on out there. Just Does it surprise you ever, you know, just – you know, you just come to expect that from this team now because you've seen it happen so much. Yeah, leadership, especially on offense with the uh, the offensive line play that we have and with Joe being a, like a coach on the field. And on defense, we got Grant Delpit back there. Now we got Rashard Lawrence back, Jacoby Stevens. We got a lot of experience on defense, a lot of great assistant coaches doing a great job. You talk about the experience you guys have on defense, a lot of talent back there. You're going to play a lot of different guys. Uh, I know, obviously, you talked about how offensively the way the offense is performing has gotten those recruits, but the fact that you're able to get so many guys in, is that helping you on the defensive side of the ball we're recruiting? No question, man. And, you know, a lot of guys, want they want to play. You know, freshmen, you know, they're five-star players. They're great players. They don't want to sit on the bench, and our guys don't. We play our guys, and you see a lot of our freshmen making impact plays in big games. Got to help too that Joe and uh, the offense are scoring so quickly. <laughs> so you you know you got to keep these guys out there. Got to keep them fresh, and we, got, we have a plan. And it helped that we have these defensive linemen healthy. We can rotate those guys. Those big guys are the ones that get tired the most. Well, and you, you talk about the big guys. Obviously, this week you said it yourself. Uh, one of the better offensive lines, one of the better defensive lines you're going to play. Uh, just what are you uh, you know emphasizing to the your guys you know to kind of you know help them win those matchups? It's a big man's game. These games are one of the trenches. We've got to win on the offensive line, the defensive line. We're going to have great practice this week. It's about low pad level, great technique, and grit. 
And, you know, you talked about, uh, you know, those guys. That front has been playing really well, particularly these last couple weeks. Have you noticed kind of that change or, you know, maybe the, just the way that they've been playing? Yeah, very pleased with the way they've been playing, very pleased with their coaches and the jobs that they've been doing. And I think we're just getting started. Our guys are fresh. We're getting better. This team's getting better every week. And uh, you kind of touched on this, but that Auburn quarterback, Bo Nix, made a lot of big plays this year. Uh, you know, another guy that, you know, just seems like a winner. Uh, what does the defense have to do to kind of contain him and, you know, kind of keep him from making some of those highlights? Yeah, you know, they run the ball so much and they have play action. They want to go deep over your head. We've got to prevent, prevent the deep ball. We've got to keep the ball in front of us and tackle well in space. You talk about preventing the deep ball. Obviously, you've had to play a lot of the freshman cornerbacks, but you know it seems like when you've put them in there, you know, aside from Stingley, you know, we've seen good plays from Flott. We've seen good plays from Ward. Uh, did it surprise you that those guys were ready so quickly? Yeah, you know, I, Derek didn't surprise me, but Cordell and Jay for sure. I mean, those guys have come in. Uh, they were very well coached in, in high school. They're very well coached by Corey Raymond. They're great athletes. They're going to be great players for us, and I'm glad that they're getting playing time now. And then, obviously, Jacoby Stevens is a guy uh, was asked about in the uh, the main press conference. But just the plays he's making, you know, the what he, he seems to just be all over the field. You know, pound for pound, he's our strongest player. And Jacoby's a fine gentleman off the field, but you get on and get him in that face fast, man. He is a fierce competitor. I'm glad to see he's doing so well. He can cover, he can tackle, he can rush the passer. He does a good job of catching the football. A tremendous all-around player. You think the fact that he, you know, he has played so many positions for you guys, he's just, you know, I know football now. Yeah, you know, he's played offense. He's a great offensive player in high school on defense. The game is easy. He sees everything. He knows formations. He's a great reactor. I think the thing that makes Jacoby the best is he is physical and he's mean. And then obviously a 2.30 game in front of this raucous Tiger Stadium crowd. Uh, good to be coming back home to a big matchup. Yeah, we need it. We, uh, our, our home crowd was always the winning edge. It was the winning edge against Florida. It was the winning edge against Georgia. We needed to be the winning edge against Auburn. All right. Thank you very much, Coach. Appreciate the time as always. Go Tigers. Foul the third there with LSU coach Ed Ogeron here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. We are Live on LSU's campus in front of the Athletic Administration buildings where you can find us. Come hang out with uh, one of the all-time winningest quarterbacks in LSU history, Herb Tyler, to my left. Or you can call us at 504-260-1870. Right now, Ohio State and Wisconsin scoreless in the first quarter. Wisconsin kind of licking their wounds coming off the loss to the fighting Illini. Also around the SEC, Texas A&M on top of Mississippi State in the first quarter, 7 to nothing, Iowa, 20th ranked Iowa on top of Northwestern, 7-0. 21st ranked Appalachian State on top of South Alabama, 7 to nothing. Oklahoma all over Kansas State, the 5th ranked team in the country, up 10 nothing over K-State. Pittsburgh, Miami, Pitt is up 3 nothing over the Hurricanes. To the phones we go, we find uh, Roger and Metairie. What's going on, Roger? You're on WWL. Hey, Christian, uh, how you guys, man? Good to talk to you guys. Same here. All right, listen, I'll make two quick points, and maybe I'll just hang up and let you respond. Uh, first of all, uh, regarding LSU's defense, man, I, I'm an old-school type guy. I, I don't like this team running up and down the field. I know it's entertaining. I like that both in college as well as uh, NFL uh, football. And, man, I got to tell you, this LSU defense is going to have to get better if they're going to win the national title. They're going to have to be better consistently. And uh, Alabama is not going to let them run up and down the field. 
And uh, today's game is going to tell us a lot. And, uh, if Roger, Roger, lot, Roger, 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 Roger. This is not the Alabama defense that we've seen over the last decade. It's not the same one. They, it's still, it's still Nick Saban. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if you don't have the Joes to do it. No, if you don't have the Joes to do it, your scheme. You can try to scheme it out of all you want, but if you don't have the guys that can implement it, it's not going to be as effective. Well, I, I, with all this Christian, I believe if they don't get consistently better. They're going to have a problem, man. This defense needs to get better. And my other comment is with the Saints. As good as our coaching staff is and as administration is from top to bottom, I fully trust it. I just think they have been rather stubborn regarding the number two wide receiver. Forget about the bad call in an NFC championship game. We lost that game because we lost in the trenches and we couldn't move the ball because Michael Thomas and Abby Kamara was taken out of that offense. And once that happens, the other receivers cannot get open. We need another number two wide receiver to compliment Michael Thomas. Now hang up and listen to your response. Roger, thanks for the phone call. Look, you think that if, if, they, if the Saints felt that way, that they needed a number two. Keep in mind, I want to point out, Roger, they, they didn't draft one in, in the draft. They nope. didn't sign one in free agency. Mm-hmm. They do have a number two wide receiver in Ted Ginn Jr. Mm-hmm. All right? Uh, he, he gets open. Look, this idea that they don't have a, a number two is, I think, a fallacy because they, they have it. Now, I think what the fans want is another weapon that is as good as Mike Thomas or close to Mike Thomas. It's not going to happen. No. It's just it's the way the NFL is constructed. You can't have all, all those weapons anymore because of the salary cap, et cetera. And I think Ted Ginn Jr. is a fine compliment, along with Jared Cook when he's on the field. Look, I'm going to tell you what I think is going on. Everybody's seeing New England make moves, you know. They're seeing other teams make moves on guys that they feel is going to better their team. They're not us. We are not them. We don't need what they need. Our needs are different. We need Drew Brees to be healthy. Right, because Drew Brees distributes the ball to everyone, and and, and what what Roger was saying in last year's championship game was the fact that the the we lost that game after that play call because we were deflated after that play call. It wasn't so much, and and and, and the national media said the same thing. Well, you guys had an opportunity to win. We sure did, but we were not the same team moving forward. There's a there's a, such a thing called psyche, and we're all human beings. And if we are at the top of the mountain at one point, point, and we get pushed down and we roll all the way down because uh, our foot slipped or something like that or for under, uh, outside of our control, then guess what happens, dude? We do not – We it's very difficult to come back from that. Now, I think we've learned from that, which is why we're, what, 7-1 and one right now, 6-1 six six and one. One right now. Um, and the only reason we lose the game in, in, in L.A. was because of Drew. It's the exact same thing. Drew gets hurt, and now we have to, we have to change our psyche of the game and, or, or continue to be what we were when we went into the game, but that's difficult to do. I, I mean, it's not, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. I'm going to tell you that. But I do not think we need a second receiver. I don't think we need to go out and get anybody. I think we have people on the roster right now that are more than capable of, of fulfilling that second role, including multitudes of people to, to – to, fulfill a second receiver role. We're not going to spend money on that right now. That's not what we need. Not to mention Traquan Smith has been banged up with an ankle injury. Yeah. The other part of it is, Jared, and it speaks to what Herb's pointing out, this team is constructed differently. Yeah. Defensively, I think they have the best defensive line in the National Football League. Offensively, I think they have one of the best offensive lines in football. That's the biggest thing as to why they've been able to win. Sure, Teddy Bridgewater has played really, really well. 
But the big thing is they're all, the, the play of the offensive and defensive line has been tremendous for the Saints on this five-game winning streak. Absolutely. Thanks for the phone call, Jared. Roger. Phones are open at 504-260-1870. Text 870-870. Roger. Okay, I apologize. It's Roger. Right. It's Roger. I had Jared on the screen. Anyway. That's all right. Um, you know, LSU's defense, he, he wanted to talk about LSU's defense as well. Yep. Again, I'm not all that disappointed with them. Because, again, for me, it's situational defense, and they've been really good at situational defense. Well, I think what I said earlier is how, how I feel about it. In the beginning of the season, I was disappointed in the fact that they weren't making tackles. They were out of place, out of position. Um, but, like you said, even during that point, they were making, they were making plays situationally. Um, but from the second half of the Florida game on through Mississippi State to now, they've played really great defense, in my opinion. I think they've, they, they, they've really honed down on the, the mistakes. They, they, they are always in the right position now, and they have made tackling a priority after that, that first week off. And, and, and that, that right there, to me, has made the difference. So I think that Rodgers right. We do have to play better on defense. You always have to play better on defense. doesn't matter. So you're right. We do have to play better on defense. But at the same time, I think they're playing good enough to win the championship. But we're here right now. First, we have to beat Auburn first. Then we have to deal with Alabama and then Ole Miss, then Texas A&M, and, or Arkansas, then Texas A&M. But at the end of the day, I think the biggest thing is we have a really good defensive coordinator who I think can make sure that he has these guys in the right position to do the right things and to make the plays they need to. And then also we, I think we have good – we're gaining – better leadership on defense. That's one thing I, th- I thought we were lacking is a, a vocal guy or a guy that can. They don't have Devin White. They, right, they don't have Devin White, but they do have Delpin. I think Delpin is now starting to come into his own as far as the leader of that defense. How about the play of Derek Stingley Jr. too? See, I mean, you can't, you can't deny that, that, that kid, man. He's playing great, man. His dad just walked by, say hello to him. He's, um, he's one of the guys that, that <laughs> has made a great play in the situations, right? In situational football, which is the interception that um, our previous caller was talking about. So I, I think that this kid is going to be great. I mean, he's already been great. I think he's at the um, he's up for uh, uh, All American this year right now. So he's going to be really good, man. I think we'll be fine, man. I want to see him house one as a returner. I want to see him do it too. It's been difficult because we haven't had a, he hadn't had an opportunity to. Um, he came close on one um, earlier in the season, but. But these, ki- these cats are kicking the ball away from him. They're Think not about kicking that. it to him. Yeah, yeah. They're not He's a true freshman. He hasn't returned one to the house in a regular season, to my knowledge, yet. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. No. they're already kicking away from him. Right, right, right. They're <laughs> not kicking it to him at all. They're kicking it close to out of bounds as they possibly can. Cordell in Minnesota. What's going on, Cordell? You're on WWL. Hey, hey, Christian and uh, Herb, how y'all doing today? Good, Good, thank you. Good, Cardell. How you doing, man? Good. Listen, I'm doing well. Thank you. Hey, listen, I, I kind of disagree with you guys uh, on, on the uh, on the, the point uh, that that we need uh, that we don't need a wide receiver. Talking about the Saints, okay? Yeah. Um, the reason why I was saying that is because I, every time Mike Thomas catches a, a, a ball. I, I, I literally hold my breath because I know that we are that if 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 Mike Thomas gets injured, and I don't know I know we not we shouldn't think like that, but who is the next person who can hold us down? But Cordell, if Mike Cordell, Thomas Cordell, okay, Cordell. Um, so couldn't Mike Thomas get hurt even with a quote unquote number two wide receiver? Like having a number two, a quote unquote number two wide receiver Doesn't isn't going to prevent one. Mike Thomas from getting hurt. Oh, by the way. 
He's leading the National Football League in yeah. receptions with 63, and that's with double teams. That's teams dedicating coverage right. to him. I and understand, I understand right. that. My point is this, though. My point is this. If he went down, who could who could, who could uh, man that position uh, for the Saints? Right now, little John Humphrey doesn't have a catch. Uh, um, Austin, Austin, um, Carr. Austin Carr. He, Cordell, he, he, listen to me for I a mean, second. He, listen he, to me for a second, oh, Cordell. If you're asking for who would step up in his absence, listen, they're on. It's on someone else's roster. In other words, it would be a guy like Julio Jones. He's their number one. Right. Cordell, I, I just trust Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis and Jeff Ireland enough to go. All right, if they don't feel like it's an urgent priority to address then it's not because they've been keen in personnel moves over the last couple of years. I think I think what they think they they have guys in the building right now that they can use a multitude of guys to create a number one, if that makes sense. So, you know, we're at Michael Thomas is getting paid $100 million for a reason, right, because he's one of a kind. You can't find another one of him. And I think, Cardell, what we're talking about also is even if Michael Thomas goes down, even if we had a, a quote-unquote named number two guy, that's not going to make him our number one guy either because he's still going to be a number two guy. Great point. So what we have to do is we just have to trust and rely that they do have the guys. Because I'm going to tell you, we have some guys that we saw in the, in the preseason that we haven't seen in the regular season yet that I think would be really good guys. They're young guys, and they, they, they need some time to maturate and, and, and get better. But we need to get them – we need to utilize a multitude of people to create that if that situation comes. Now, with that being said also is I do believe that – Drew Brees is a different quarterback. He's a different animal. He's not going to target Michael uh, Michael Thomas 20 times in the game. He's going to target whoever's open, and he's a guy that can scan the field, see the field, get the ball down to whoever can get open, and then make a play at that point. So I, I don't dis I, I, I disagree with you, Cardell, in saying that we need a true number two guy when I think we already have one, and again, Christian's already said it. It's Ted Ginn Jr. and it's you know we may not he may not be that flashy number two. But he is a number two, and that's what he is. And he can't be a number one, but what we can do is utilize a multitude of players to create a number one, two, and three receiver. Well said. Thanks for the phone call, Cordell. We'll step away and come back here on the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger tailgating show here on WWL. Handoff and a fumble by the Bulldogs, and the Tigers fall on it at about the 43-yard line. Looks like Rashard Lawrence comes up with the football, and the Bulldogs, after a big play, come back, simple handoff. I believe Gibson just never had it cleanly, dropped it on the turf, and Rashard Lawrence, the big guy, falls on it. First down and 10 at the 37. Burrow steps up in the pocket, feels the pressure, slings one down the middle of the field, caught over the shoulder catch, back of the end zone, Derek Dillon, touchdown, Tigers! TD, Get to him. Herb's ready to play. I'll take it. No, 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 no. You're not ready. You, you don't want to wake up tomorrow no. with, those, with those issues, huh? <laughs> nah, not at all. They can have it. I'm old now, man. <laughs> you catch me about 20 years ago, I'll do it. I'll go out there and knock it out, but not now. No. Great environment here on the it campus is. of LSU. Beautiful. Seen a lot, of course, purple and gold. Not a lot of uh, those other Tigers. A few, not much, not many. Are they the Plainsmen, the War Eagle, or the Tigers? I, I, I'm so confused. I don't know about the Plainsmen, but I know they are War Eagle for sure. But they're definitely Tigers also. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com, publisher, TigerDetails.com, joining us now. Jimmy, can you answer that that uh, question? What are they? I have no idea. I have no idea. I know if you go to Auburn, you have to 
say War Eagle. And I think if you're a, an old school Auburn fan, you have to say whatever else they call them. And then I guess if you're just kind of in the if college football fan, you refer to just Tigers. Jimmy, a big recruit, the LSU flip this week out of Georgia. Tell me about about him and what he means. Man, I'm telling you, this is <laughs> kind of came out of nowhere and very seldom in today's age of social media um, with all the recruiting services like ours. There's a, a commitment really shocked the recruiting world, and that's what happened yeah. in Georgia this past week. Eric El, uh, Gilbert, six foot five, two hundred fifty pound, really dynamic two way player, um, probably the best defensive end in the country, the best tight end in the country. The kid can do whatever he wants on the football field. Um, he wants to play tight end. LSU loves him at tight end. He picked LSU over Alabama and Georgia. Really shocked everyone. Everyone thought LSU, including myself, I thought LSU was second. Alabama. Come to find out, LSU was first, ahead of Georgia, who was second. So, like, that just kind of shows you where everything was. And he's really a dynamic player. Um, LSU doesn't go out of state and get elite players like this that often. Mm-hmm. So, it's really, uh, it kind of sends shockwaves and, and kind of the signal that, hey, you know, this success on the field is paying dividends and this staff has it rolling and, and now they're going to be uh, competing for some of the top prospects any and everywhere in the country. Jimmy, that's huge because when Nick Saban started building what he built at LSU and then what he continued to Alabama and also what uh, Dabo has done in Clemson is, you know, obviously they're going to win their states, right? Uh, but when you can start penetrating other recruiting grounds where other schools are, that's that's significant for Coach O to be able to do that. It looks like he's starting to get a foothold in Georgia. He starts stealing recruits out of Georgia. He's already got a foothold in Texas, certainly in Louisiana, parts of Florida, but he's starting to get into California as well and along the East Coast, and that's that's huge. Yeah, he's tapping into all the fertile recruiting grounds. You know, during the West Miles era, um, West Miles era, and, and most schools kind of recruit this way. Where do we have pipeline? Let's focus there, and then you end up with 80, 90 percent of the roster being filled from in-state. And, and maybe two or three uh, prime recruiting areas for that school. And it's kind of always been the approach under West Miles. Uh, you saw a lot of Texas recruits. They get a few from, from Tennessee, a few from Florida, uh, maybe a guy here and there from Georgia. But the guys that were getting from Georgia, Kevin Mentor, Kevin Shepard, these guys, those are guys Georgia didn't want. Those were guys that Alabama didn't want. So they weren't getting the cream of the crop. So to be able to go to the – to California and get the number one cornerback in the country, right? USC, Pac-12 territory. If guys leave there, they usually head to Notre Dame or Ohio State. Well, this kid's coming out of LSU. And then you go to Georgia and you get their top guy, who everybody thought was a lock for Georgia. They've been recruiting this kid since he was 14 years old. Yep. And and so, like, and he just visited LSU for the second time of his life. So just kind of show you, um, you know, the kind of effort they're putting in, their ability to sway these kids to close the deal when they're on campus, I mean, it's second to none. We saw another commitment go public uh, a couple hours ago. Malcolm Green, a four-star safety out of Virginia. Another kid that hadn't been on campus much. One big visit, the staff was able to sell him, close the deal, and now he's public with a commitment. So uh, they've got 23 commitments, the number one ranked recruiting class on Rivals.com, uh, and, and really you know, lining up to have a historic recruiting class that could rival or even be better than anyone they've had in years past. Jimmy, this is exactly what Coach O did in Miami and, and SC. I mean, yeah. this is the same thing. He, built, he helped build that, those Miami teams that were dominant, 
And I think you tell me if you disagree with this that, or agree with it. I think Coach O is putting this program in a window of about eight to ten years where they could really, really set themselves up for some dominant runs. So yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, you know, for that eight ten year mark, you know, when you have two good recruiting classes in a row, that means you're setting yourself up for the next four years, right? Right. So two right. good years recruiting, you're gonna have four years success on the football field. And so as to, you know, responded coming back after a strong class last year. Now to have this elite class, and he's out running in 2021. There's going to be a lot of 2021 top recruits on campus today for the Auburn game. Um, if he follows up with a couple more classes, you're right. You're paving the road for an 18 year run of dominance and excellence, like you've seen at Alabama, like you've seen at Clemson, like you saw it. At Florida, when Urban Meyer was there, like you saw at USC, when they had things rolling, um, it, it's this is the track. Recruiting is the lifeline, the backbone of a program. If you're getting it done on the recruiting trail, it's going to show up on that field. And uh, LSU's got one hell of a recruiting class uh, coming together right now. Do you think we'll see another, uh, I guess, bombshell, if you will, um, like the Gilbert one, here for this 2020 uh, class, or – or anyone in the 2021 class? Yeah, I, I do. And it might not be the, the shock, right? I think right. the guys that are lining up to get right now are, are kids people are associating with LSU. So it might not shock anybody, but there's players of that caliber still in the mix that I think they lead for. They're going to have one on campus today. Zachary Evans, number one running back in the country, an absolute monster. Uh, Herbert, you know, Herb, you know something about times. Here's a kid at six foot, 215 pounds, and ran a 3.88 laser shuttle at the Nike <laughs> Combine this year. That's that crazy. Is unbelievable explosiveness yeah. and lateral quickness for a 200 plus pound back. Uh, yep. So he'll be on campus this weekend. He went to the same. He goes to the same high school that Clayvon Faison went to, Eric Monroe, and some of these guys. So there's a lot of ties to that North Shore program in Houston. He'll be on campus. They leave for Philip Webb who I think is the number three player in Georgia. Now, uh, a dynamic edge defender, outside linebacker, playing space is a monster coming off the edge. Just a terrific athlete, 6'3", 220 pounds, uh, right on the cusp of five-star. I think he is a five-star with us. He's, he's almost a five-star uh, um, across all the networks. So there, there's still a lot of high-profile guys lining up. And, and, and another shocker kind of came out of nowhere, Jordan Birch, number one, Right, number one defensive class, uh, defensive end in the class out of South Carolina, who's long been considered a Clemson lean, surprised everybody and set up quietly, set up an official visit to LSU. And I and I emphasize quietly because when they start taking steps to keep things quiet, and it's more than just hey, this is going to be a fun absolutely trip. Yeah, I'm not you just know, coming to visit. Things going on yeah. behind the scenes when they're trying to yeah. keep things quiet. So that's one to keep an eye on as well. Yes. Jimmy Smith, TigerDetails.com. Stick around here. It's the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. Herb Tyler, Christian Garrick here on WWL. Stays tall in the pocket. Fires intercepted. Fulton's got it at the 39. They say his knee was down as he tried to pivot and turn. But the third takeaway by this Tiger defense today, second interception. And the LSU Fighting Tigers take over possession with 3.02 to go in the third quarter. I want to thank our on-site engineer, No Water Butch. No Water Butch. Out today. That's Man, an inside with, joke. We're thirsty. My, my throat's you cracking. Be shaking. You wouldn't be shaking if you brought some water. You're right. Here, okay? You're right. You're right. Butch is all cold. If he'd have just brought us some water. 
It wouldn't be cold. Jimmy Smith of TigerDetails.com. It's rough. Jimmy, your thoughts on today's game? Does LSU uh, win decidedly against Auburn? Yeah, you know, I think, honestly, my question is, is what kind of conditions is that field in? And Herb might be able to tell us a little bit. I know it drains well over there. Yep, that was it a does. Bunch of rain we experienced down here. Um, that could ultimately be the equalizer. Without any of those elements, I think LSU matches up extremely well with Auburn as long as they don't allow Auburn to turn up yards in the running game. If Auburn runs right. for 160, 180, 200 yards, gonna be they're going to be in this game and keep it close. If LSU can hold them 120 or less, something in that nature, LSU is going to win by 17 points. I think that's that's basically how this game breaks down for me. Yep. Jimmy Smith, check him out at TigerDetails.com. What can they find on the site, man? bunch of stuff. Uh, a lot of recruiting updates, giving you the – 23 commitments, two months left, two spots left yet. There's a plethora of, of names, of top prospects trying to get into the LSU class to break down how that may shake out. Uh, of course, we're looking at this matchup and beyond. Uh, any and everything LSU, always on TigerDetails.com. Check nice. them out right there at TigerDetails.com. Also on Twitter, at Jimmy Detail yes. on Twitter. Thanks, man. Good stuff. All right, guys. Y'all take care. All right. There All right goes. We'll wrap up the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust tailgating show next hour herb tyler christian garrick in front of the athletic administration building on the campus of lsu just steps away from the pmac and tiger stadium two iconic buildings yes on this campus beautiful campus it this is, is wwl winding down our last half hour of the gulf coast bank and trust tiger tailgating show on the campus of louisiana state university lsu and auburn today top 10 showdown yet again number two lsu number nine Auburn in Death Valley right here on WWL. Yes. I was looking at this earlier in the week, Alabama's strength of schedule compared to LSU's. It's not even close. Alabama hasn't even played a top 25 team. That's every team that's above us. That's cynical to me, though. The the first four teams, let's let's see, Alabama, Ohio State, and Clemson. That's amazing Look at it. Look Look at what they played and the teams they played. I think Ohio State hasn't played one team in the top 25, actually. If LSU beats Auburn today and they beat them decisively, they should be number one in the country. Today. They should be They should be the top-ranked team in the entire country. I agree. I think they should, too. And this today, um, as Casey was pointing out, I, Wisconsin plays Ohio State today, which is going to be their first top-10 team or just ranked team, period, that they're going to play. Now, I know Ohio State get off the bus and they pass the eyeball test, right? Mm-hmm. Always. They look great. So we look great. So does Clemson. So does everybody else. But at the end of the day, we played the opponents that said that the, the rankings say that they were top ten. So we should at least be, like you said, we're at number two. I don't know. I don't even know if I want to be number one right now. Going into yeah, no, I get it. It doesn't you know matter. Saying? It doesn't matter right now. Right now, we're one, two, whatever, whatever. We got to win the next two games to really be, I think, to solidify ourselves to win the SEC West. Because um, I, I think we can beat Texas A&M, but that's. I mean, we scored 72 last year and still lost. <laughs> so, so we got We got to stop them on defense, right? Um, and then, and then, um, you know, against Arkansas, I think we'll beat Arkansas for sure. So, in Ole Miss, I think we'll beat Ole Miss. So, I, I think we'll be fine. But we, we've got to establish ourselves today against this 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 really strong defensive front of Auburn. And 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 I think if we can cover right 13 points, 14 points, come out with a win like that, I think for sure we'll we'll, we'll be number one. Number three, Ohio State. Taking on 13, Wisconsin, 3 nothing. 
Ohio State leads in the second, in, right? In the second With two quarter. minutes left. Yep. So, so guess it's going to halftime. They're winning three nothing. This is the first. This is the first ranked opponent that they're playing. So are they that good? You know what I'm saying? We went right. into with Florida. We were 28, 28. At least we put up 28. We gave up 28, but we put up 28, and then we ended up winning 42, 28. Kansas State's hanging with Oklahoma, 20 to 14. The Sooners over. Yep. K-State. Yep. yep, yep, Seven minutes left to go in the first half of that ball game. Miami 10, Pittsburgh 3, number 20, Iowa, 10-0 over Northwestern. Mm-hmm. Texas A&M in the SEC taking care of business against Mississippi State, 21-7. to There you go. In the second as well. Phone lines are open at 504-260-1870. Got some, uh, some Tiger fans out here. Yep. Tiger Nation very well represented, of course. Always. On the campus of LSU and haven't seen two. I, I think, honestly, I count on one hand. I've seen like five Auburn fans. I, I've probably seen about six, to be honest with you. So. The LSU fan says two. He's seen two. <laughs> you, you give him a hard time? And he said, of course. Like He said, yeah. It's like, of course I am. Yeah, well, you got to, man. I mean, they're here alone. <laughs> they're in your house. Yes. Don't, don't treat them well. Yes. Yes. Don't yes. show them the southern hospitality. Oh, look, look. Not for there's, today. There's, there's one fan. right there. She's what two? I see just two. walking in two. with just an orange hat. The guy in front of her, is, he has a blue okay. hat. I see it. Yeah. Go get him, man. What are you doing? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Are they the Warriors? You know what we call them. We call them a second-rate tiger, baby. That's what they are. They're not number one. We are number one, okay? Thank you very much. Fly out of here. Christian Garrick will wrap up the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust. Tiger tailgating show here on WWL. Also, we've got No Water Butch in the house. This is WWL. No Water Butch. Raider stands in the shotgun, takes the snap, belt high. With time, hit as he throws, incomplete, down around the 11-yard line. Throw was a little low, probably rushed it. They were looking for Zuber. Good coverage downfield for LSU. And a turnover on downs gives it back to LSU. Good coverage as well. Down around the 11-yard line. Throw was a little low, probably rushed it. They were looking for Zuber. Good coverage downfield for LSU. And a turnover on downs gives it back to LSU. Good coverage as well. Are you doing the, what is that, the, the snake? That's the wave. The wave? You doing the wave? Herb Tyler doing the wave. Can you do the worm? Yeah, I can. <coughs> Watch yourself, baby. <laughs> too much. You are too much. <laughs> Welcome back to the Gulf Coast Bank and Trust Tiger Tailgating Show. But once again, my best dance is. No, you know what it is. I told you a couple weeks ago. What is it? I the curly it. shuffle, man. The curly shuffle. Okay. Come on, you gotta kick it back twice, boom, boom, and then you gotta crisscross. Ah, ah, you gotta go with it. See? Okay. Sounds good to me. I'm gonna have to show it to you one day. Okay, show it to me. It's the best dance ever. Terrence Marshall is he playing today? They say he is. They say he is. Another weapon potentially added to the. Yep, yep, yep. But you know what? We've been playing so well without him, right? We want him to heal up as well. <laughs> he's not a Hall of Famer yet. But no, I know. So. We're, having, we're having a fun with a very, very devoted LSU and Saints and fan, Saints and, a, fan yep. and a WWL fan yes, he that, is. that comes by quite they, a bit. They come by every time we're here. And, um, he, you know, he asked me about tomorrow if he, if I thought that Drew Brees was going to play. And, yep. and I gave him my opinion, which is he, I think he's going to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gave me the look of, well, rest him for another week. <laughs> and I was like, and I, I've heard that argument all week long. Yeah, and yeah. I want to just, like, bang my head against the wall because I'm so tired of hearing, why would you rest him if he's medically cleared to play? And can do the things that Drew Brees can do. Absolutely, play, you play him. him, play him now. And 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 our devoted listeners' defense, 
after you told him yes. what you had to say, he said, that's why you're sitting there and I'm standing here. <laughs> no, well, look, he's, a, devote, know, he's exactly. a devoted fan. He's a devoted <laughs> exactly. fan. And I'm exactly. not – look, fan – and look, I've been wrong uh, countless times, okay? I, yeah, so to, I very today well could, you were wrong be. today at some point. Yeah, I so know. I very well could be. They might be sitting them out. The one I thing you were right about, though, was that no water butch did not bring any water. No water butch you. did not bring the water. You're so, right. But Man, we, that's going to stick, too. By the way, that's going to stick, but just so you know, no water, Butch Landry. It just yeah. flows right off the tongue. Yeah, you're you know? right. <laughs> We're cutting up a little yeah. bit. No, it's here. all good, though. It's all good. But look, I'm going to tell you. Casey, don't hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, she's tearing the radio up, man. Come on. Um, But no, man, I think, you know, if Terrence Marshall plays, I think it's good. It, it adds to the weapons that we have or, or whatnot. But if he doesn't, you know, we, we still have guys that will step up once again and play well for him as well. But at the end of the day, you know, you don't want to ever rush a player back before they're ready, especially in college, right? Mm-hmm. Because these guys aren't making any money. They don't have these big insurance deals and all this other stuff unless you're Zion Williamson or somebody like that. But, you know, these guys and, – and, and one of my good friends is Jack Marucci, who is the head trainer at LSU, is well-respected around the nation, around the country, around the world. Um, he's also known for Marucci bats because that's his bat. He sure. started that in his little warehouse or his little shed in the back, in his backyard, making a bat for his kid. So – with that being said, he and I talk all the time. And, and the one thing he always tells me is that he's always going to err on the side of the kid. Sure. He's never going to let a coach come in and tell him he has to play. This kid, he has to say that this kid is ready to play if they're not. Well, pink slips aren't on the line for those for those guys. It's different in the NFL, the pros. Yep. A, a lot of those coaches take the approach of, hey, you know your body. You tell me if you can go. Just like Sean Payton will mm-hmm. tell Drew, hey, you tell me if you're ready. Because he knows Drew's going to give him an honest answer and say, hey, I'm ready to go, or no, I'm not ready to go. Mm-hmm. And that therefore he makes the decision. So uh, it's a totally different approach in, in college, college to the, versus N- to the NFL. NFL. Because the NFL, look, you sit out too long, you're going to get Wally pipped. You're going to be without a job. Yeah, you're going to be cut. But, but the thing about that is if you're sitting out that long and you're constantly out, guess what, you're injury prone. Yeah. And you're going to be labeled that so guys won't take a chance at you or teams won't take a chance. Not to mention if you, you can't be held accountable if you're not available. If you're not on the field, you cannot be held accountable. So, well, we also had that conversation a little bit earlier too. You can't say that okay, the defense and special teams won, you know, Saints games the last five games, right? That's a disservice to say that to Teddy Bridgewater. That's a disservice to say that to anybody who stepped on the field because they all contributed to the sure. win. So you got to remember, at whatever point in time when you play in the game, you are contributing to the win. So that's how you 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 add to your service to the team. We'll squeeze in Josh in Metairie. Go ahead, Josh. You're on WWL. Hey guys, thanks for the show. I enjoy it, Christian. Thanks for your um, for your service. I just have a question. Thank you. As for the A and M game, do they uh, does the coaching staff show video? This may be a question for her more. Do they show videos of that last game for A and M to get the players fired up? Is that is that has that ever happened? Do they do that? He's talking about the A and M game uh, last year. From will last they show? Will they yeah. show LSU LSU players? Some of that game. I think that that game is a special game. I think they'll show that game. I think they'll show clips of that game. They'll show situations from that game that allowed them to not to be successful and win that game. Um, they don't generally do that because teams are different from year to year. But that was such a special game to where I think they would definitely show clips uh, or, or certain situations from that game that caused LSU to not to do as well as they wanted to, which was come out as on top as a win. Generally, what they do is they show video of the, the, the that team previous games, like previous three or four games, 
that they played, and they send that home with the players, which they don't need to send anything home. They use Huddle now. Right. So they just go online, they type in their little password, and, the, and everything's there, what they want them to see. But, yes, so the answer, your short, short answer to your question, Josh, is yes, especially with that particular game. You better really, believe it. Because that game is – I mean, because like I said, you know. You better believe We it. scored 72 on we, – we, we don't even average – We've averaged, what, 49 point whatever, 50.1 points a game. We scored 72 against a and and we still lost. So so that that should have been a sign. Actually, you know what? In the reality, that should have been a sign for us to kind of have an idea of what this defense was going to be starting this year, to yeah. be honest with you. So, um, look, A&M, they played a great game. We got tired in that game. I'll tell you right now, our guys were just, just flat-out gassed in that game. And, um and that was a long game. I mean, that was almost like a four-hour game. I mean, it was crazy. I've never played in a game that long, but it was fun to watch, so I'll tell you that. Josh, I can I can tell you, and I, having not played at the college level, I just know coaches in particular. I know Coach O, and I know where he learned this from, and that is Sean Payton, is that find an edge for your team. Find yep. an, any edge you can yep. and use it. If it means be holding a grudge, throwing it in their face of, hey, look what happened last year. Look what these guys did to you guys last year. Yep. And look how it ended. You better believe when it comes time for LSU to play Texas A&M, that is going to be a theme. Now, Coach O, what he's going to do, though, is do his best to downplay it publicly. He's not going to go out there and say, yeah, we had we had a 10 we had a ten play cut up that we showed uh, the, the kids before the game. They're not going to publicly acknowledge that, but I can tell you with confidence that – Coach O, if I know him like I think I know him, yep. he has already got somebody working on that in the event that he's going to show them that as a source of motivation. Every good coach does. And and Coach Payton is, has mastered this, and I'm sure he learned it from Coach O. Hold a little bit of a grudge. It's okay. It's healthy to do that in that competitive environment. Absolutely. If you don't have a little bit of a grudge on you, then you won't have an edge at all in, with yourself. So, you know, at, look, at the end of the day, you want to win football games or whatever it is that you challenge yourself in. And uh, and you got to find a way to 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 give yourself an edge. You got to find a way to um, to to introduce yourself in a manner that, hey man, this is important. There's a sense of urgency with this, and I got to encourage myself to be able to do great. He's Herb Tyler. I'm Christian Garrick. Final thoughts, man. Prediction. Final thoughts is once again, I think everybody knows <clears throat> the defensive line in the front seven for Auburn is going to be really good. Um, we we've got to attack those guys. We can't be afraid of them. I think we have a really good. Front, uh, front five guys on the offensive line that can do very well, just as well against those guys. Um, we've got to run the ball. I do believe we have to run the ball. We have to be successful anyway. Positive gains, right? We've got to be able to keep Joe Burrow upright and with no dirt on his back, meaning no sacks. We've got to give him time to get the, the ball to the playmakers so they can make plays. Um, the, our defense, I think we've got to make tackles. We've got to, we've got to keep these, these guys uh, 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 in, in long third downs, period. Um, if we can do that, I think we'll be successful on defense. Got to get a couple turnovers, and we got to make some plays in special teams. All of it is cliche, but it's all football. That's what it is, and, uh, and I think we have the better team, superior team, and I think the spread is, what, 13 or 9, you said? I think we cover the spread. I think we can cover the spread, ten, at least 10 points. All right, before we push out of here, I want to thank Joey Falgu back at Master Control. Also, No Water Butch Landry, no Casey Water Wainwright Butch. as well, along with our executive producer and program director, Diane Newman. I'm Christian Garrick, Simplify. Yes. I'm, I'm out. Herb, do you think, man? I want to give a shout-out to my brother, Anthony Aguilar. I love you, baby. I, you listen every Saturday. Thank you very much. I love you all, everyone out there. Who that nation? And go Tigers, baby. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. 
There's joy in every journey. 